This is Andrew Cronin, and you're listening to Unknown Outcome, the artist interview series. Your chance to go behind the scenes with the Unknown Outcome artists and to learn about their lives and work. In August 2019, the Hermitage Museum and Gardens put out a call to artists. Artist teams, architects, designers, engineers, makers, creators, artists, and dreamers living in and around coastal Virginia were asked to design and fabricate an artwork that addresses the many layers of human impact on the environment. Thirteen artists and artist teams were selected to participate in the exhibition. The artwork selected provides insight into human impact on the environment, including sea level rise, climate change, pollution, and consumption. These 13 indoor and outdoor artworks will ask important questions, challenge perspectives, and educate viewers on the importance of this topic. The Hermitage Museum and Gardens is excited to showcase and support the rich artistic talent living in coastal Virginia for this compelling exhibition. Unknown Outcome a Coastal Virginia Collaboratory. These are the artists and their stories. This is Unknown Outcome, the artist interview series. Episode 4, Nico Cathcart. Hey, Nico. Hello. Thanks so much for, for doing this. Uh, it, means a, it means a lot to me and to the museum that, you're, um, that you jumped in with us. So thank you. No problem. Nico, how would you describe your style of art to someone who has never seen it? I do a lot of public art and the subject matters that I choose are all kind of socially motivated. So I do a lot of um, things about feminism and empowerment, Um, but I also do a lot about the environment and conservation. And I'm kind of using these kind of hyperchromatic, realistic styles to bring a message across which is where my heart really is when I work, I still work on canvas and I do the same thing on canvas where I'm, I'm kind of trying to make a message and make a conversation through imagery. One of the goals or missions in your art is to discuss feminism and conservation mm-hmm. and environmentalism. Um, why those three specific things? Those are things that I kind of feel very close to. They're issues that are affecting society today. I feel that it is my job as a public artist to start conversations within the community. And I I feel like we need to talk about the gender gap in uh, a constructive way quite a bit because it's still happening. We're living in a society where, you know, most museums are holding a collection that is like 80% male and 30% female, and maybe only 5% of that are women of color. And that's a conversation that I need to have. And then environmentalism is, is something we should all be concerned about with climate change. And I think we all have to realize that we're all interconnected. I like to call it a symbiotic circle. We are dependent on the environment around us, on the species around us, and and their survival depends on how we treat them. You spoke at a TED Talk back in 2019. The title of your talk was The Responsibility of Public Art. How did that come about, and how did you zero in on tackling the responsibility of public art as the direction you wanted to focus on? The TED Talk folks came and approached me to give a talk after I had curated a show called Fresh Paint, murals inspired by the story of Virginia um, at the Virginia Museum of History and Culture. 
they had brought me in to have kind of a street level curator working with the museum. So they got kind of a, a bigger cross section of what was actually happening in Virginia at that time. And that show went off really well. And the TED Talk folks came and asked me to do a talk after that. But I kind of wanted to impress upon people that I, I believe that our job as public artists is to create conversation and maybe incite change with what we do. We're given this kind of great privilege to be able to create art on a massive scale that I like to call them uh, interventions into the mundane because you know, we're changing a neighborhood by painting a wall. It seems like a small gesture, but it's actually huge. You can change the whole feeling of a neighborhood with a wall. So you can go and do whatever you want with that wall most of the time. And I think what you choose to do with that wall really says a lot about yourself. And for me, it's really important that we take these moments to educate and have a conversation within the community just because I don't believe that public art exists in a vacuum. Like you can do something just because it's cool or pretty or whatever, but, but I think you have a responsibility to the, to the community that is living in that neighborhood that you are, are changing to lift it up another level. But perhaps the community would like to be involved in some way. And that's my strong feeling as a, a public artist. In that talk, you said your job is part rock climbing and part painting, that you are routinely using tall ladders, heavy climbing gear, and can be up very, very high. Yeah. Uh, how did you deal with heights growing up? Like, has a fear of heights ever been part of your personal stable no. of fears? No, not really. <laughs> I, I love that definition because I don't know very many other artistic pursuits where you have to have like a full athletic harness like in your truck at all times. But um, yeah, I, I was kind of the fearless kid. I'm still a fearless kid. <laughs> I'm just that person who goes. So it really never figured in. You were born in Toronto, Canada, and currently live in Richmond, Virginia. Are there things that you do or say or eat or think that are strictly Canadian things? <laughs> or at this point, is it all American? All the time? Uh, you know, I, I am very Canadian. <laughs> I, I lived there for quite a long time. And I, I will say, like, moving from Canada to America was a little bit of a culture shock. I moved in the 90s. I feel like there were, there's a little bit of a, you know, they always make the joke that Canadians are really, really nice. I really think that's true. And I think that I still kind of hold that. I might be driven and I might not mess around. Like, I, I don't take a beating because I'm Canadian. But I, I, I feel like I try and hold true to my heritage in the way that I, I treat people and in the way that I kind of exist in life. One thing that I wanted to talk with you about is your health and hearing. Uh, is that okay? Yeah, yeah. Is you can okay? talk about that. Um, so, Nico, you are slowly going deaf. This began about 10 years ago. Uh, it's been happening slowly. Uh, how much hearing do you have um, right now? I've got about 30% of my uh, natural hearing. And uh, my hearing loss is not, a lot of people think it's just about volume, but it's not. It's, it's volume and it's also tone. So I've lost most of my high notes and some of my low notes. Uh, so do you have uh, hearing aids or a cochlear yeah, implant? So or... I have bilateral hearing aids, which I wear 24-7. Um, 
you said it's been happening for about 10 years. How did you first discover that? You were um, it's hair? probably been happening much longer than that. I just noticed it pretty clearly around 10 years ago. And one of the big things that I noticed is that the birds went silent. So like birds and cicadas and crickets and stuff that they just stopped happening for me. And after a lifetime of being out in nature and taking those things for granted, you know, it, was, it was quite noticeable when it happened. But it happened gradually. So it was kind of like one of those, like, you know, they'd been silent for a while. And then I went, wait a second. I'm seeing birds. I should be hearing birds. What's going on? Uh, your website states that you include birds in your work as a nod to your disability um is that solely as sort of the marker that when you became aware of it or do birds in your work is there more of a symbolism there other than just sort of the initial realization i think i think you birds are, are a very versatile symbol they can mean a lot of things i use them not because i can't hear them but because i i can keep going even though i can't hear them I still am a bird washer without being able to hear them. And, and it's kind of a symbol of resilience to me. Like this disability that I have is genetic. I've watched my dad struggle with it. And my dad's almost completely deaf. And I, I feel like once I got to that point where communication at its basic form is impossible, I can't let myself be consumed with that. And, and right now I have the ability to kind of appreciate what I have before it's gone and, and, those symbols are all kind of tied in there because to me it's like this own little like acknowledgement like you, you're gonna keep going this is good I, I think it's just what I have is what you might call it an invisible disability because I don't sound deaf and because you don't see me signing but I think I think that I'd like to impress upon everybody that you might not always know what the other person is going through and we need to think about that moving through life I know that it's put a perspective on me, like maybe someone's doing something, but I don't know that they're, you know, suffering from severe anxiety or perhaps they are having a hard time remembering things. Or, you know, there, there's, there's stuff that everybody goes through that no one sees. And this disability that I'm going through is definitely one of those things. Nico Cathcart, let's talk about Unknown Outcome uh, for a little bit. Describe the piece of art that you're creating for Unknown Outcome. Basically, what I'm doing is a perspective wall, which is I'm building like a zigzag wall out of six large panels. It will provide two different views into the ocean. It's mostly going to be blues and whites. It will be situated at the entrance of the museum. So when you drive up, you're going to see a school of jellyfish that are kind of swimming through. But as you drive past it, it's going to slowly change into plastic bags floating in the water in this, the same kind of formation as the jellyfish. I am going to make this my first foray into projection lighting as well. So it'll be viewable during the day as the painting. So at night, it's going to be activated as uh, a lit piece. Because it's underwater, I found these uh, underwater light projectors that will project a wave pattern. Similar to like what you see on the bottom of the swimming pool at night, uh, like the kind of ripples of light on the bottom. And then because I'm using jellyfish, which are bioluminescent, it will also be backlit, showing rainbow bioluminescent light behind the jellyfish. 
I am a big nature person. I know that almost every time I go out hiking or diving, I find plastic in the water, which is just horrible. I went diving in Hawaii and I literally dove down and pulled out a plastic bag from underneath a coral reef. And, and this is a problem that is pretty prevalent and also pretty preventable. We can just use bags that we already have and prevent these things from getting into the ecosystem. Uh, so I kind of wanted to do a piece that talked about the effect of single-use plastic bags on the specifically ocean environment. In terms of your piece for Unknown Outcome, what do you hope visitors take away or learn or think about it? I really would like people to start thinking about how their small actions, you know, using their reusable bags to go to the grocery store can have a real impact, especially where the pieces set. So it's in Norfolk. It's on the side of the river. It, if a plastic bag kind of flies out of your car in the parking lot there, it's going to end up directly in that water. It's a something that I think a lot of people feel like they can't affect because like what is one person's action really going to mean in, in, in the larger scheme. But I really do believe that if you make these small, small actions, maybe getting like mesh bags to go to the grocery store to put your produce in instead of using the disposable one, we can make small steps to healing the damage we've done to the ocean. Nico Cathcart, congratulations on being selected for Unknown Outcome. We're so excited that you're involved. Thanks so much for taking time this morning to, to talk uh, about your work and your life. Thank you so much for having me. I'm so Thank excited you. to be a part of this.